Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth of CONCACAF soccer and part of the DynamoTheory.com podcast network. I am Rudy. And I am Rodrigo. And today we may be a little late um, on recording this Thursday, this beautiful Thursday night, but we're here and that's all that matters. Rodrigo, how you been, man? I've been good. It, it was nice going over um, this weekend down to Houston. I got to catch the Dynamo game against Cincinnati. Um, it was fun. And yeah, just been chilling over here. Um, I actually got to watch the Chivas documentary on Amazon. Pretty good. I liked it. Uh, kind of made me more of like why I like being a Chivas fan. Um, you know, it's a passion. But it was interesting. If you guys haven't catched that, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. And it's a good uh, four episode show. You know, it's funny because I uh, signed into Amazon Prime. I really, I used to watch a lot of stuff like during my lunch break, but now I have like Disney Plus is there and Amazon and Netflix. So to be honest, I don't even watch anything. I'm so behind on Loki. I'm, I'm like, I guess this is episode four that has been out and I'm, I'm five. Okay, so I'm four behind basically. I watched the first one, and then uh, when I went into Amazon to check uh, order that I hadn't received, I was like, "Oh man, the cheapest thing is finally out!" And which is what two weeks out or three weeks out, I think it came out. Um, but I put it already so yes, I can watch it. And I saw something else that was kind of cool. It was that English player? Uh, I think his name is like Kosang Gusang. I don't know, but I know he's English because I'm. But uh, it looked like another cool little um, uh, documentary you watch. And I, I really enjoyed all the ones that they've done. Yeah, man, if you are listening to us and you never watch any of those Amazon Prime, I think I told you, Rodrigo, about a bunch of them because I got really stuck watching all those. I mean, even the ones that had, um, um, I mean, the Tottenham is probably one of the newest ones, but I've seen the Men City one with Pep Guardiola. Um, and they even have the the only bad thing they have like the Brazil one, but it's in Portuguese. And then they have like Dortmund as a German and, I can't sit there and uh, read all the captions, man. I just kind of get bored, even though it's kind of cool players and whatnot. But and even honestly, even the football ones are cool. I've I watched all the football ones as well um, for the NFL. But anyways, um, plenty of soccer uh, to talk about. Obviously, we've seen the Euros and Copa America about to come to their final stages with their finals already set. But for us in CONCACAF, we're barely getting started right we got the gold cup starting on saturday uh july 10th uh with group a which we uh reviewed last episode so make sure to check that out but i guess we'll start with that um group just because when we talked last week there are some teams that still needed to make it right there's a few slots that were open um six teams uh wait was it six or actually it was 12 right yeah, I think it was 12 teams. Yeah, there were 12 teams. Uh, trying to get in. Yeah. And so I guess, uh, Radu, you want to just break down the ones that made it uh, and kind of which ones were kind of surprising out of the last three that made it? Uh, yeah, so uh, there was a first round, um, 12 teams in it. Then after that, it got cut down to half for their second round. And out of those, four teams qualified. Um, let's just start off. You know, we, we kind of need trans. So they go, they're going to go by. They did that with east i would say and then haiti also went by uh look like they're actually going to be the promising team of the tournament um the surprise here was uh guadalupe uh they beat guatemala in penalties uh, to take that spot um yeah i find it that is very surprising because like guatemala i would say is not like a terrible team in congacaf obviously they were kicked out of uh, uh world cup 
eliminations or eliminated from the World Cup. I mean, and uh, and obviously they beat Guyana 4-0. So you know they they're always in, like a favorite at least to make the Gold Cup. So it's very surprising that a team uh, or a nation like Guadeloupe, who is not even a FIFA member, they uh, and they are very low in the rankings of CONCACAF, actually went and beat Guatemala. Granted, of course, it was a tough 1-1 match, and you said it was a record of PK takings. I mean, it went all the way to, like, more than 20 PKs were taken. So it's just kind of ridiculous, and... Yeah, I don't know what's up with Guatemala. It kind of sucks that that's the way they had to go out. But just recapping what Rodrigo said, the three teams that were able to make it was Haiti, Guadalupe, and Trinidad and Tobago. So going back to last week's episode, we talked about um, Group A missing a, a team. And that uh, last lot, uh, slot was actually taken by Trinidad and Tobago. So we'll see... Group A uh, be Mexico, El Salvador, Curaçao, and Trinidad Tobago, making a pretty interesting group. Um, of course, we know Mexico is still probably the favorite uh, to win it, uh, but at least it's that. So with that, let's go ahead and get Group B started. Rodrigo, you want to mention who is in Group B and uh, and who was the last spot uh, to be a part of it? All right, so this is an interesting group. Um, obviously, we have the, the let's just start. We have the United States there in this group um, with Canada, Martinique, and the last spot to make it was Haiti. Um, I'm just going to start with Haiti. You know, they, they obviously have to do the qualification round. I guess some sad news if you're from Haiti. Um, I don't know if you're aware, Preston was assassinated uh, two days ago. You know, they broke into his home, uh, pretty sad. So prayers out to him and his family. Um, hope everybody else is doing well. It's a tragedy. Tragedy. And that being said, I honestly, I really like this team. Um, I would even put this team as the dark horse of the tournament. I think they're going to be the, the cause of the U.S. or Canada to get knocked out early in the group stage. I really think that this team um, has really, really good players. Yeah, I was going to say definitely a, a dark horse for this group, right? I, I mean, Martinique, we know it's also, again, another non-FIFA member that tends to kind of cause a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, havoc when it comes to the uh, Gold Cup. But yeah, I mean, this is a very an interesting group because Haiti always seems to kind of get the best out of one of the big uh, teams. And like you said, I mean, it could be uh, the one that eliminates U.S. or Canada, like one of the big names, big dogs. And um, you just never know. Um, and then uh, I guess I can jump straight to... You know what? Just go ahead. Keep You're doing a good job. Keep going. So, yeah. Um, Martinique, I think that's going to be the weakest team. I think that's probably not going to be a challenge for most teams. Um, I'll be surprised if they can get a tie in. But, you know, facing the U.S., facing Canada and Haiti, they, those are pretty strong oppositions. Um, being CONCACAF, you never know what you can expect from teams. Um, so they might, you know, maybe pull up an upset here and there. Uh, but I really think um, that's that's going to be a team that everybody is going to beat. Um, so let me just jump next uh, to Canada. So Canada, to me, I think this is going to be the team that's going to win the group um the players are bringing in they have great talent i believe i'm not 100 sure but i think jonathan david is not gonna be on this one right um 
But other than that, I mean, they, they still, they're bringing great players in. Most of them are pretty young. Most of them have a lot of experience already. Um, I think this is going to be the team to watch for this group. Oh, I said, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with Canada. Uh, man, Canada, they don't have like a ton of, uh, you know, well cap. I think the most caps is one player is over 50. Everybody else is under even 40 caps, which is ridiculous. But having players such as like Afonso Davis in your lineup, Lucas Cave uh, Cavellini in your lineup, obviously like Jonathan Osorio, Saladin. I mean, there's so many good players that play in the MLS, a lot of uh, known faces, you know, um, for sure. And as well as playing in Europe. What's more exciting to me, especially as a Houston Dynamo fan, it's uh, Tyler Pasher being a part of it. I mean, this kid, um, don't want to talk a lot about the Dynamo, but giving credit to this guy, he came, um, he's 27 years old, so he's not like a little kid. Uh, and uh, But what's crazy about him is that he was playing in the second division or the USL championship as we know it. Uh, did his time, did well, came into the uh, MLS with the Dynamo. And to be honestly or brutally honest, I was definitely one like, man, they don't even know this kid at home. You know, like he, he's a no known, like we say in Spanish, like no lo conoce ni su casa. So, but he really like has shut my mouth up completely uh, this season, uh, seeing him just flourish into a very good winger, uh, mega lefty. Uh, but even then, he showed us how he can score some pretty nice goal with his right feet. Um, who knows if we get a ton of playing time? There's a lot of uh, strikers uh, or wingers. And, and, you know, obviously, Afonso Davis can play their left back or wing. Uh, and it kind of changes on the team that he's in. Here, he'll probably play more of an uh, attacking. Um, especially, like you said, Jonathan David not being there. But again, you even have like uh, Ayo Akinola, who, you know, Last year in MLS was just like a very uh, good player scoring a ton of goals when um, Josie Altador was hurt. So, again, they, they you're right, man. I think, um, you know, taking off course, we'll talk about the U.S. and why we think that Canada may have the better team. Um, just because it seems like Canada has like their main starters. Uh, there's maybe one or two that may be missing, um, like we mentioned, but overall... They're just um, playing with what they tend to play with now, right? Like they're, they're golden generation to try to do that push to make it into the World Cup. But no, man, I think you hit it on the dot, dude. I think they are definitely going to be a contender to win the group. For sure, try to make it out of that group. But again, Haiti is not going to be a cakewalk. But I guess we'll jump to the U.S. Of course, we all love the U.S., right? Uh a lot of MLS players in this lineup. Um, but what's funny is I was talking to a couple of the uh, US uh, fans and they were like, man, is this their group? Or I mean, their B team, their C team, what are they? What are your thoughts so far, at least from the lineup that you see Rodrigo, like of, you know, another very, very young, young team with a lot of players that don't even have too many caps. But what, uh, what in your opinion, what do you think about them? Yeah, I mean, to me, when I first saw this lineup, and I already mentioned it to you, I was upset. You know, this is a, this is the opportunity for the U.S. to grow more, 
I, I mean, I do like that they're bringing in more players that are in the MLS space, younger players. Obviously looking for Gianluca Busio to play, you know, I, I think he deserves this young player. I think that's going to be one of the best players of the tournament, um, as long as, he, you know, he's starting. But aside from that, you know, the U.S. has a lot to prove, miss, you know, from missing out on the last World Cup. And I think this would have been the biggest stage, bigger than the Nations League Cup. Uh, final that they played um, to bring your A team to give that maybe you know if Mexico makes it to the final or you know semifinal wherever they would meet um, to give that um, I guess rematch you can say but as far as who they you know they're bringing in goalkeepers everybody's old I think you need to bring a younger goalkeeper that's going to be part of the next World Cup um, in hopes that they make it obviously in 2022 um Everybody else, you know, a little bit younger group, um, midfields and defenders as well. And I mean, we know the the forwards. Um, Sardis is probably going to be their top striker. It's going to do everything for them. But oh man, it's just it hurts to see the U.S. kind of regress a little bit by not bringing what we so call, you know, the European players um, to this to this tournament. It's just. I don't even know why would you even give them a break when everybody else is playing. You know, everybody in the Euro, they're they're fighting out there to play, and they know that most of those players only have a week or so before they go back into training. Um, and even on that, some of those European teams will be playing in the Olympics, so those players are literally going back into training for a big tournament. And the U.S., you, you think you deserve a break just because you know you you've had a long season. You know, that that's soccer. It's the whole year around. You never stop. You just want to keep competing. And honestly, I, th I think the U.S. really, they're probably going to hurt themselves on this one. Um, and this is why I think Haiti, you know, could be the dark horse because the U.S., it's a lot of young players that haven't been playing together. As you mentioned, Rudy, they don't have that many caps. And I just don't think they're going to take this, this as serious as they should. And to me, this is something that the U.S. should be aiming to win the Gold Cup. If this, if you're telling me you're going to win the Gold Cup with this team, you know, <laughs> then that's great. You know, that's what we want. But in the process of you, if you don't make it to the final, if you don't win the final, I think this was just a waste. Like, I, I really just don't know what, what's going on right now. But I mean, I agree with like most of what you're saying. The only thing that I may disagree is the fact that they are not going to come out and take it seriously i think as a young player this is their ch chance right i mean for the most part we kind of know what the squad looks like i mean uh greg bellhalter has made it known that he does not really care um as long as you somehow your passport is american doesn't matter what you play he's gonna pick you up doesn't matter if you've never even been to the u.s even though you have some kind of uh either you were born here and then when to France, like he's done picked up a few of the guys or wherever they go. Um, so I think in that aspect, I think people the players will come and kind of like you know ball out basically. But but when you look at the squad, I mean 14 of your players have less than 10 caps, and then about five of them have zero caps. So of course, it's just you know, you have a lot of great talent overall, MLS talent. But whenever you're, the chemistry is not there, um, we can see. I mean, it, it may come back, and like you said, it may hurt them. And 
And you're absolutely right. I mean, having the Euro being played, you know, you have like the best of the best trying to win this tournament. Then you have like Copa America being played. You know, all those guys there, you know, the Christian Pulisic, uh, the McKinney. Um, yeah, McKinney. What's it called? Uh, yeah, like all the main players that you have playing in Juventus, playing in Chelsea. They're just not going to be in rhythm. So what's going to. Yeah, they. you're right. They may need that rest, right? But these other guys are not getting the rest. I mean, you see Messi, you know, out there just, you know, creating and scoring goals. And how do you think, you know, a player like Serginho does that his role in Barcelona is being questioned and you're not out here playing? Um, it, yeah, at the end of the day, I understand there's something you need to rest your players. And I think the U.S. is in a great position that they do have plenty of players. Um, they could step up. But, you know, I was thinking about this, and I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, I know we've been kind of going with the U.S. a lot, and that's fine. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of people that listen to this show, and they're probably a lot of U.S. fans, and we try to keep it as non-biased as we can for sure. So, I mean, I love the U.S., uh, but if you give me Mexico, U.S., I've said it a million times, I'm going to pick Mexico. But in this aspect, you want to see the U.S. excel, right? You want to see MLS and, and this is what is going to showcase. To me, is you have, you know, 95% of your team is from MLS. So if they don't do well, if they don't make it to the final, as they should, right? The U.S. should make it to the final, uh, whoever they play against. Then it's a failure. I mean, it has to be a failure. And, you know, you want them to succeed, but... Man, it, it's just funky. It's definitely funky because you just see it that way. I mean, Mexico obviously is playing two tournaments. They're playing this tournament and they're playing in uh, the Olympics. Hopefully it happens. But Rodrigo, my question to you, you know, seeing the team here in the U.S. with, again, very the chemistry is obviously not all there. Um, what do you think um, players like, say, Gianluca Busio, right? That is a 19-year-old kid that a lot of European teams want. What do you expect from him? Do you think he'll be a starter? Do you think he'll, you know, like for his age in this lineup, what do you think you see him as? Um, yeah, just just to kind of backtrack on a little bit. Um, like when I mentioned, you know, they're not going to take it seriously. Obviously, these players are professionals. They're every game serious. Um, every game, every tournament, they, they go as serious as possible. You know, they're like I said, they're professionals. I think the coaching staff is not taking it seriously. Um, that's what I meant by that. Yeah, but yeah, Gianluca Busio, you know, watched him when he was 16. I think it was at a Dynamo game. Not sure if that was his debut. Not sure when he debuted, but I remember seeing this kid on the lineup and, uh, and so, man, he's 16 and he was playing. He just, it was amazing. You know, he was playing really well. And then I look at his age and I'm like, what the heck, you know, like a 16 year old out there. And I think he almost scored either a free kick or long shot. Definitely hit the crossbar, would have been a single. And I think he should be a starter. Uh, see, watching him grow, playing with uh, KC, he, he's developed into such a great player, um, has great vision, great passing. And, you know, he creates opportunities all around. I really want to see him, how he does with Saris on top. Um, I know he, he's going to probably, and, you know, he, he, we'll see, we'll watch the games, but I he's going to give him a couple assists. I would want to say that. Or at least opportunities, creating chances. Um, definitely, I would. He'll be my starter if I'm putting a lineup together. He would definitely be in the starting lineup. Just give the kid a chance. And, and that's the thing, you know. You bring players from Europe that players like this in this lineup will never have a chance. 
just because the other ones play in Europe. And I think that's the disconnect with the U.S. You know, it's good to mix it, but it's you have to have a mixed team of the best players. Right. I'm going to I'm kind of go in what you're saying, because it's that is what I was thinking in the sense of like, you know, you look at the lineup, right? And just take the goalies, for example. You have Matt Turner that obviously oh, well, all three guys play in the MLS, but you have like a Brad Guzan. He's 36 years old. If you're trying to create something new, why not bring Ethan Harbaugh, they just did like amazing thing against Mexico and keep that confidence up. You know, why not bring a, a David Ochoa that's been playing good and he's 20 years old? Like, so what is your process, right? Like, it, what are you trying to do? You're trying to tell me that there's a new, um, you know, a new face, a new, you know, I mean, nations, um, clubs, they always go through something like that, right? Especially nations, I would say. There's always kind of like, okay, one World Cup, um, run ended it, it made it if you make it or not but it doesn't matter like you start a new face and you see new players and you and why not and so why why bring a brad goose 36 years old guy i mean i'm not saying he's a bad player but if you're gonna go ahead and give people opportunities then give some younger goalies that opportunity again Ethan, and, and you're right whenever you said like bring a lineup like you already went and beat mexico recently right why not bring and do it again yeah, you can still rest players, but you don't have to sit all the guys that you had brought. You know, Christian Pulisic, I mean, dude won a che with Chelsea at Champions League. That's fine. Rest him, you know, if that's really what he wants. But you can still bring a ton of other guys. Like, I just don't understand. And, I, and, and you're right. I think it's kind of like a step back because you should be here trying to, as an American, and you again, you just showed Mexico that you can beat them. Why not do it again? Why not show that it's like, look, we are the team, you know, from CONCACAF. Like, you're not a giant anymore. And, and you know, who knows? This tournament may start and they may put like 10-0 on every team they play. And they may show us up. But right now, you know, we're basing it off paper. And it just doesn't seem like that will be the case. Well, it's not even that basing it off paper. It's like, say you do, like, say that happens. Say this is the best team we've seen in the U.S and they play well together, they win the the Gold Cup, they basically destroy every team. Wouldn't this be your starting team? Or are you gonna get rid of everybody and just bring back the Europeans? Like, what's your process? You know, like, your thinking process here, because if these players are playing well together, why would you even wanna try to change anything else? You know, and then you can't just bring a couple and be like, oh, well, this player played well, let me just call him up. The Europeans, the, the team that played the Nations League is gonna overtake this team 100%. This, this team will not go to the World Cup, and it's kind of sad to say, but like there's a lot of young talent here. And yeah, like you mentioned, if this is a team, you know, if I'm guess, you know, um, if you give me this lineup, you're like, hey, I'm, this is the lineup, or this is the, the player list going to the Gold Cup, and with this team, we're gonna win the Gold Cup. If you don't, that's a failure. Like, this is no, oh, well, we made it to a semifinal and we lost against, you know, whoever you would play. And that's good enough for you. I, I think that's a big, big step back. Especially Many when you're playing at home. Obviously, we all know the Gold Cup is playing in the U.S. So this is when you use that. This is when you take that next step. Bring, shoot, bring 80% of the players that beat Mexico or 70% of the players. And, and this kind of brings me back to or brings me to another topic. The Every tournament that FIFA, you know, considers official, there's a rule in there, and I think the U.S. might be breaking it because it says you have to bring your A-team to these competitions. 
you know, I'm guessing there's some, you know, loopholes that you can get away with. But not, you know, they've done that to Mexico in the past when they were invited to the last Copa Americas they attended. They told them, for CONCACAF, you have to bring your A team. Um, you cannot supply us with a B team because they wanted to play the Copa America. They had a good talent that they honestly thought by then, hey, we should be able to win this tournament. Obviously, you know, that didn't happen. Um, they took their B teams. Or another instance is C teams as well. But the U.S. to not bring your A team, like, I don't know. I mean, you're not playing anything else. Might as well see what you're actually, you know, bringing. Yeah, and of course, I mean, whenever you have, I mean, they're not, they're not playing in the Olympics. They're not, like, having to divide their team. I mean, women's soccer, they're playing in Tokyo. You know, like, it's so much different whenever and, and when they play in Tokyo. Or, you know, obviously, like, the women's. They bring their A team, you know. Obviously, there's different rules for the men's and in, in, um, in the Olympics, so they have to be like under a certain age and why not. But not for the women. I'm pretty much it's uh, anything goes. But but still, you know, you're right. And and you know, that's whenever I asked you the question earlier, I did not phrase it right. It was more or didn't even say it correctly. But to me, was obviously you know this tournament it's not it's not to say that it doesn't mean anything because i mean every tournament means something right but you know this tournaments in the past were so much just better because it meant like it was it, it got you to the confederates right like playing in the confederation cups obviously the confederation cups are non-existent anymore um and the, even this tournament technically would not even be for that technically we would be playing the confederation uh, cup this year but still i just feel like you need to step up the u.s you're doing such a great job again you showed us that you can beat mexico you showed us that you know your players are playing in and some of the best teams in the world so dude just keep going like with having the world cup so close i mean i understand you're gonna qualify so you may be thinking let me start resting players so they'll be ready for um but that doesn't give you anything you know, Christian Pulisic always suffers for injuries no matter what. So that's still something that you may deal with even if he rests for a month. But with that being said, let me just go ahead and finish this Group A. I mean, Group B. Um, I would say in paper, the U.S. and Canada are probably the ones to go forward on this group. And and we both mentioned the same thing. Haiti's probably the dark horse. But I mean, I would not sleep on Martinique as well. So who knows? There may be a little upset of, you know, one of the main guys to get bumped out. But um, I know we probably want to keep talking about the U.S. and this group. But let's go ahead and stay on track and go to Group C. Uh, a very interesting group. Oh, actually, let me go back. <laughs> that's, that's me kind of loading back. Uh, group B, uh, the games are actually going to be played in Kansas City uh, in Children's Mercy Park, which is the uh, Sporting KC Stadium. Uh, and one of the matches, I believe, is going to be playing in the Toyota Stadium in Frisco. Um, so, you know, U.S. fans, uh, there's a lot of, you know, Kansas City, I think. I haven't been there yet. It's on my to-do list or bucket list um, to visit um, Children's Mercy Park. But it's rowdy. So that definitely is going to help the U.S. a lot, too. I think, you know, if, if the team may not be there completely, those fans are going to be completely rooting for the U.S. So, I mean, that that's something good. But going back to Group C, um, we have uh, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Suriname, and again, the uh, out of nowhere, what a loop that took down Guatemala is the last uh, team or nation to make it to the group. Rodrigo, I know I talk a lot, so I'll let you kind of go through 
um, whichever teams you want to kind of mention and your thoughts on them, man. We'll just start with the, I guess, the lower ranking teams here, which obviously is going to be Guadalupe um, made an in uh, by beating Guatemala with a, I forgot it was 22 or 24 penalties taken total, which actually broke a record. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy, I guess, for a, for a record in the Gold Cup stages. So I think then Guadalupe and Suriname, I, I think they're going to be, you know, the lower teams here. Um, they'll probably be competing, honestly, for their place in their group more than anything, um, just to, you know, whoever can collect more points from them. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, just a challenge between those two teams. That being said, Guadalupe could be a surprise just because most of their players do play in different leagues with experienced players as well. Um, you know, they're not just based in the MLS or, you know, their own league. They're actually kind of a little bit everywhere in Europe as well. So they, they might actually, you know, give a good challenge to the other big teams. Um, but let, let's just talk, I guess, we'll just talk about Jamaica and Costa Rica here. Let's start with Jamaica. Obviously, we didn't haven't seen them recently. I don't know if you know, when was the last time they played? Do you remember? I'm like looking it up and I cannot find anything. So I know they played the uh, U.S., and I want to say it was in the beginning of the year, the last time they played. But yeah, man, I think that's the last time they played. But do remember, though, that... Wait, wait, wait. Never actually, mind. here we go. Yeah, so they actually it? just played oh, just, uh, against Jamaica. Wait, Jamaica played against Jamaica? I mean, sorry, against Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, June 12, I see that now. Yeah. So, but I mean, you look at it, in, the, in 2021, they've only played four matches total. Ridiculous. That's nothing. And in 2020, they played four matches total. <laughs> so, I mean, this team is definitely one that is going to be just... And, I mean, they have not done well, actually, the last... All 2021, they lost against the U.S. 4-1. Actually, they didn't even play Japan. It got canceled. And yeah, then they, they played, played later on. Serbia, and then they played Japan again. So, they've actually only played three games in 2021. And they actually only played three games in 2020 because against Catalonia got canceled as well not looking at it but yeah I mean Jamaica if you want to just touch in Jamaica I think Jamaica has like one of those like sleeper teams right like they uh they didn't have good players uh we know and we praise Leon Bailey as one of their main stars but even he doesn't have as many caps he only has eight caps playing with the national team which obviously uh experience is gonna lack but to me, they probably have one, if not the best goalkeeper uh, in the tournament, being Andrew Blake. Uh, so, I mean, at least, at least they're in safe hands for sure. Um, but they have a lot of players that play in in, um, in England. Uh, a few other ones play, <clears throat> sorry, in the Belgium League. And, of course, they have plenty of uh, MLS um, players. But, yeah, rather, apart from Leon Bailey and Andrew Blake that I mentioned, is there any other... Um, player that you may think would be, uh, you know, a revealing uh, for them? I mean, I wouldn't say revealing, um, you know, but, but to me, they do have, like, Jamaica has a really physical team, um, and that's one thing I like about them, you know, they, they kind of go all out. Um, Timor Lawrence as well, you know, um, obviously a key player for them in the past. I, I think that's kind of bring a lot to their defense. Um, and then a player that I had seen a long time ago, um, uh, Bobby de Cordova-Reed. Uh, he plays for Fulham. 
Um, I had seen him in the championship and, you know, not a bad player. I think he actually had a pretty good season last year, two years ago. Um, and I think he, that's where I kind of saw like, oh, you know, this guy turned. Um, but, you know, they, they kind of bring a little bit of younger players too, you know, along with Leon Bailey. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tournament for uh, Jamaica to really start uh, progressing more, I guess. You know, like we mentioned, they haven't played that many games in the last two years. This is probably going to be the most games they get to play if they go to a final um, in the last, I guess, those last couple uh, years. So I, I, I have high hopes for this team, really. Yeah, and I think what helps Jamaica is that they're playing Suriname first and then they're playing Guadalupe uh, before going to, obviously, we know Costa Rica is a strong team. So being that their final fixture kind of gives them a little bit of wiggle room to... Uh, you know, get at least four points out of the first three matches and sneak into uh, at least the second place to make it into the knockout stage. But mentioning, uh, I guess, Suriname. Suriname and Guadalupe, like we mentioned, they're kind of like probably the... Suriname, this is their first Gold Cup, which is crazy, right? I mean, it's uh, Suriname being a team, if people are not sure where it's at and you're like, man, I can't find the Caribbean. It actually is in South America. It's like right kind of close to uh, Venezuela, Brazil, kind of like in that upper corner. Um, but of course, it's claimed by CONCACAF. But it's another team that has a lot, a lot of players uh, from the Netherlands and mostly a lot of European players uh, or they play in Europe. There's only like a handful of guys that actually play in the Suriname League. And I, I think sometimes, uh, you know, people in CONCACAF, they kind of forget about nations such as Suriname or Guadalupe and that's where the surprise comes at times because there's players that you know are just different when you actually face them and and there I'm sure there's not I'm sure there's not a ton of footage of their games and stuff like that so that's how this smaller nations take advantage of uh, going into tournaments and, and are very surprising at times. But of course, Costa Rica, it's uh, the other team on that group. And we all know Costa Rica. Costa Rica has been a very good team in CONCACAF. Uh, obviously made it into plenty of World Cups um, as of late. And so they have very talented players. Uh, what I had mentioned in the past with them, of course, is that their golden generation has is getting older, right? So you have like a Brian Reese, 35 years old, you know, has over 120 caps with the national team. Kendall Watson, Jimmy Marin, Giancarlo Gonzalez, all these guys that, you know, did a lot in Europe. They're over, over the hill, over 32 years old and are just getting older. Oh man, I just burped. <laughs> um, and of course, we have like, uh, if you see their their average in age, I mean, it's probably has to be about 30 years old. It's kind of crazy. Um, obviously, we have uh, Rodrigo's uh, f f friend that he played in college with, Francisco Calvo, which is crazy. That I mean, the dude, it's a solid defender. So, of course, it's interesting that he gets called up. And again, for Houston Dynamo fans, Ariel Lasseter, Ariel Lasseter um, is also make made the uh the uh or the uh, the squad for this uh 2021 uh conga cup gold cup so they have a lot of uh players that have a ton of experience unlike the u.s rodrigo there's only two guys there and check this out they're 22 years old they're not 19 or whatever they're 22 years old 
and have never had a cap for um the uh, you know the the uh, main national team and everybody else overall has had some kind of interaction with the team but do you want to mention anybody in particular uh, with Costa Rica you basically hit on everybody. Um, I think it kind of went through the whole squad. Obviously, you know, Joel Campbell's still on top, top there. Um, I got Joel Campbell, uh, obviously the main striker for this team. Um, but you, know, you, you have players that have been in this tournament. They know what it's about. They have experience. Even though they're, you know, they're without Keylor Navas and his, honestly, his, um, <laughs> what do you call it? His job status, I guess. Is in question right now with uh, Dona Ruma having such a great tournament um, and obviously signing with PSG. That kind of leaves the question of um, where is Navas going to go? Is he really going to try to sit, you know, on the bench, I would assume, for most of the season? Or is he going to try to find a way out of there? Um, you know, um, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but he, he won't be partaking in this um, Gold Cup. And yeah, and that's definitely a shame because I mean, Kaylor Nava is just balls out, man. The dude is like probably right now. I to me, I think he's like big, the best player in Gonga Cup. And I know we did that when we talked about like kind of like our lineups. Um, but you know, obviously, the guy won Champions League, he just it's been unstoppable playing for Real Madrid and PSG, and he's still at a pretty good age. I mean, yes, he's 34 years old. But that's still technically kind of young for a goalie. I mean, you see p players like Buffon or hell, even Pepe Reina or Iker uh, being out there pretty close to 40 years old and still kind of did their thing. Um, but yeah, so that's wrapping up kind of CONCACAF talk. It's uh, again, the game start uh, July 10th. That's a Saturday. And we should or it should be all said and done by uh, August 1st. And then we'll definitely have a few shows in between and touch up on what it looks like on the groups. So super excited for the Gold Cup. I mean, I think our favorites are my kids, probably Mexico um, would be my favorite to win the tournament. Uh, and I would probably put my dark horse to be Honduras. Rodrigo, what about you? To win the tournament, um... I want to say Mexico. They're, they're playing, you know, after the loss against the U.S. I think they're they know that they have to come out and um, win this tournament just to kind of reclaim that title of the best team in Concacaf. As far as dark horse, or I don't even know, if I'll call it the dark horse, but I mean, I don't think they'll win the whole tournament. They'll get far. I, I just want to say Haiti. Um, I like how they play. I like the teams they've had brought in the past, and they keep it pretty competitive. Um, they do have a tough group. You know, like like we mentioned, U.S. and Canada are always going to be the strong team. Um, but I think they might surprise us and they might pull a few upsets and maybe even make it to a semifinal. But I, I, I think that's where I'll leave that at. Yeah, that's a pretty good dark horse. I thought you were going to go with Canada for some reason. But, hey, you stayed in the group, so that's all that matters. But, of course, but, yeah, so obviously a part of, like, uh, CONCACAF on Saturday, we had the Copa America final on July 10th. I, a good one. I'm gonna try my hardest to watch it. It is my daughter's birthday, and I think we may go to Galveston at least in the morning. So I'm hopefully trying to watch it because, man, I, I'm I'm a Messi fan. I want Messi to win. Uh, the poor dude hasn't won anything, and it seems like he's been carrying the whole team. 
hell, the whole nation in his shoulders. So I'm rooting for Argentina here as much as I like Neymar. As a player, to an extent, he kind of does a little bit too much falling and rolling and injury stuff. But yeah, man, um, that's another one to watch. And of course, we also have um, the final for the Europa League, or sorry, Europa League, <laughs> for the Euro Cup or the UEFA Euro. Uh, it'd be played in London. So, of course, an Italy versus England matchup. Clear favorites, probably England, just because they're playing technically at home. Uh, but I am going with Forza Italy. I mean, I just watch pretty much all of their games and they just seem like a very complete team. Um, but we shall see. Quickly, Rodrigo, you want to kind of see your favorites on neither of those matches? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you mentioned this uh, too, but for our Colombians and Peruvian friends out there, um, they will be playing the third place team um, Friday tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time. If you guys want to catch that game, and then Argentina Brazil, um, and I. I don't know. I really want Argentina to win it as well. Messi, I've watched a couple of his games and then mostly highlights. But man, he's he's playing with like the biggest passion. I, I feel this tournament around. Obviously, he had that, I guess, trash of a season, honestly, with Barcelona around every rumor or every, I guess, um, downfall, you can say if he was going to leave or not. But with this Argentina team, man, I've seen the biggest smiles, the biggest, you know, back. It reminds me of that Ronaldinho kind of emotion to play the game with a lot of passion and just happiness. And honestly, I, I really hope he can win this tournament. Um, I guess it will be uh, Maracanazo if they do it again, because, you know, the final is in Brazil, uh, Maracanã. And uh, I, I don't know. I'll... I'll be rooting for Argentina. As a Mexican, it's kind of strange to say, but with this Copa America, you know, between them. Well, um, I think as a Mexican between Argentina and Brazil, it's kind of like basically going against the religion, right? Because we've got screwed by both of them. But, you know, the only difference, like you said about a Macaranazo or, you know, winning in Maracana, it's obviously it's a, there's no fans. So they won't have a big role on the atmosphere. And dude, you're absolutely right. I mean, Messi has what, four goals this tournament. I think he leads it and he has like five or six assists. He's just playing so good. And and I, I think you're right. This is the first time that the team, the players around him in all aspects, defense, midfield, and all the guys playing, uh, you know, obviously you got Lutaro Martinez. Um, you have uh, held the last game when Di Maria came in. Dude was like lights out. So, of course, I went to PKs and Emilio Martinez was just like amazing. Does he still play with Arsenal? I'm not even sure. I just know that he played with Arsenal. But um, the dude saved, what, three PKs? is ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, for him. And then for the Euro, Rodrigo? Uh, Euro, uh, I, think, I think you're kind of wrong. I mean, I, I feel like England, yes, is the favorite because it's at home, but they're not the... I guess the real favorite, because I think the real favorite has been Italy the whole tournament. Um, and I think even if you go into like some Vegas odds and things like that, I think they have um, Italy as the favorite. I, I think um, I think Italy's going to win it. I think they're going to pull an upset in front of everybody in Wembley. Um, Giesa is playing, you know, like amazing. 
overall, you know, great player. I think they have a good team. I think they can do it. I kind of see that game maybe be 2-1 or so and just end in regular time. But I think Italy's going to take that one. So. Cool. And, of course, uh, with our local teams, obviously, Rodrigo being in Frisco, I'm in Dallas, and uh, the Dynamo. But, uh, you know, if you're if you follow the or if you're from Houston or uh, follow the Houston Dynamo, make sure to check out uh, 4-4-2. Uh, being part of the dynamotheory.com uh, network of course check out dynamotheory.com network the guys uh, dustin Derek, they do a good job of having articles and of course feeds for matches so you can you know kind of keep and you know interacting kind of like blog style why not um well funny story we finally got to meet christian in person uh on saturday and it was kind of cool just hang out with him and you can definitely see the the poor guy is spoiled by the new dynamo owner you know he got fed like nice little uh dinner and why not so uh shout out to him um and that's all we have for you today so with that keep crouching soccer borders